this is Magnolia Leadership Podcast, Heart, Soul, and Earth Aligned. I'm Katherine Miller, a holistic practitioner of 30 years and your host. Join me as we discuss what it means to lead from the sacred feminine. Magnolia Leadership is here to guide you home, remind you of your courage, awaken your deepest knowing, revealing your fullest expression, and supporting your beautiful blossoming. Welcome in. Fiery, beautiful, potent, soft, deep, big-hearted. These are some of the words that I would use to describe today's guest, Trey Schlarb. Trey is originally from South Africa, and it comes through her in the most powerful and beautiful ways. She's just a very interesting woman. So she's from South Africa. She studied interior design, and then she lived in London, and there she worked with Europe's largest publishing house and Deutsche Bank in corporate hospitality while she backpacked extensively throughout India and Southeast Asia and Europe and South America, bringing with her all of these experiences in color and vibrancy and a very beautiful, informed worldview. Trey eventually made her way to the States where her staging company, Green Couch, was birthed alongside her greatest joy, motherhood. She has two beautiful daughters. She currently resides in San Francisco with those two daughters and her beloved kitty cat, Poppy. And in her spare time, you might catch her hopping into the ocean, in nature, involved in her tea ceremony, reading poetry, cooking, bird watching, and also, of course, very involved in the daily mothering of a single mother. And the one thing that I love about Trey is not only is she potent, but she's soft and beautiful. And she brings those two with her everywhere she goes. Super fiery, I gotta add that. I really respect her fire and her willingness to speak up when she needs to. In this conversation, we get into these topics. The influence of our homeland on us, informing who we are, and the practice of really honoring with reverence that homeland, portray that South Africa. The ability to be with truth and move with truth. The potent protection of the mama as a medicine for this world. How to access truth by listening and accessing intuition, particularly in stillness, but also through nature, ritual, ceremony, and also tuning into the body, into the womb, just to know the ancient truth. Teaching our children to know the truth through our embodiment of that truth as mothers. Divorce as an initiation into the deeper self as we allow what is not true to fall away and return to our true essence. The importance of ritual as a teacher and especially for tray tea ceremony as a teacher. Sobriety on all levels. The soul's song and the meaning of that in Trey's life as a creator of beauty. The challenge and gifts of single mothering. The idea that what lights you up is your path. And navigating the unknown and not knowing and allowing that to emerge versus forcing it to emerge. I hope you enjoy this fun, lively, heartfelt conversation with the one and only Trey Schlarp. So I'm welcoming Trey to the Magnolia Leadership Podcast. And I'm just going to invite us to settle into our bodies a little bit. We're all busy running around and doing the things, and it's a miracle that we can show up 
in time and space together. So just taking a minute to bring that breath really deep down and into the body. We are both devoted women. We are both very devoted and we are devoted to the same frequency. That's why we have such a strong connection. And so this podcast is in service to that. It's in service to the frequency of the woman, of the sacred woman, of the strong woman, of the woman who tells the truth, of the woman who says no, of the soft woman, of the fertile ground. There's so many beautiful aspects, right? But the reason that I've invited you here is because you have a certain thread that I think is important for the conversation that I'm weaving. I really feel it in you mostly with your connection to your homeland, right? There's something special about the place that you're from, or I feel it, and I've never even been there. And I think as this South African woman, there's a way that you express that is unique. So I think if you're okay, we'll just start with a little bit of information about the place that you come from, what the land is like, and how that informs who you are as a sacred woman in the world. How's that? Lovely. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's such an honor. Mm. I'm so glad we met. Me too. We met through Natalie Bowen and um, hoping she'll be on the podcast sometime. And I'm actually wearing this beautiful um, sort of kimono in honor of mm. Natalie for connecting us. And I bought this for her wedding. So oh, it out of the wow. Um, what kind of flowers are they? Natalie Bowen flowers. <laughs> so pretty. So pretty. Mm, I love that. It's a magnolia on here. I, I see that. And you've taken the time to pick out an outfit for the podcast, which is like just top, perfect. That's who you are, right? Of course, some, you know, you're wonderful in your yoga pants too, but this is really beautiful. Thank you. Um, my childhood, as you know, I was born and raised in South Africa and it's still in me it will always be in me and I honor my homeland and my lineage every day mm. and I've been here since 2001 and obviously still have an accent and <laughs> Thank um, you. very connected to my land I speak with my family every day and I tune in every day. There was a time in my life where I was very homesick. It was about 10 years ago. Mm. And the therapist said to me, make sure you tune in every single day to your homeland because I see it in you, you light up. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I do every day. I sort of honor it. And last night I pulled out a picture of my mom and I when I was little, I think I was about two or three. And we're standing in this vast open farmland, uh, just in the sugarcane together. Mm. So when I sort of go back to a memory or a thought, that that image always comes up in, in my heart. Mm. And I think it's simplicity. Um, you know, a lot of African childhoods are very simple. And that was it. I was raised on the beach in the sugarcane with dogs and a bucky, which is a truck. And we would all pile in the back and drive around to the beach. And it was very simple. We mm. didn't have a lot of toys. I had a bike and I think I had one toy. And a lot for me is also saying wow, one toy, one toy, one, mm. you know, and there's so much waste. And I think <clears throat> children, I have two beautiful girls, as you know, and, you know, the access to stuff and things is vast. Um, so going back to that simplicity and the essence of who I am, and for me, something, it's the scent, it's the smell, mm. and people always know that. Africa smells a certain way, and that's something people know, they know me as tray always carrying a trail or a scent and it's usually yeah. oils or frankincense or um, mm -hmm. I'm really into anointment but for me my connection to my land is this the smell and you can just smell it as soon as you get off the plane and I can't describe it it's not 
-hmm. it can be sweat it can be um heat it can be fire wood burning but there's just some there's something but I guess it's just my childhood and the love I received from my family Mm -hmm. and I did come from a you know a divorced household but having connection to my mother and my brother and my father all parts of me and you know it's mentioned a lot but it's Ubuntu it's a spirit of South Africa and it's um, I am because we are so it's very much community-based and even though I didn't grow up in you know a sort of traditional farmland um, township there is a sense of community for sure mm-hmm. that's different beautiful I love the picture that you're painting and I love the pictures that you share of your homeland and you know I I know intimately three South African people to you and your mother and then this very dear friend of mine and there's a quality even in him that is like fiery crazy (laughs) yes it's like we are we mean it Mm -hmm. you know we mean it and we will do anything for the thing (laughs) yeah and it's like there's this sort of um I really I really appreciate it in you it's a truth telling, like, this is the way I see it. And I'm not afraid to say it. And I'm also not afraid to stand by it, even if it upsets other people. Mm -hmm. And your mother has it too. Oh, yes. (laughs) Very much. And I think the aunties and everyone, right? So is that a South African thing? Or is that a your clan thing? I think it's a South African thing. Mm -hmm. Pretty direct people. And I don't know you know, I don't know where it stems from, but, you know, we've had a lot of suffering in our country. We've all been raised with apartheid. We've been raised with segregation. We've been raised with sanctions. And, you know, when the whole world was watching concerts, we weren't because there were sanctions against us. So there's a lot of resilience with South Africans because we had to, you know, create this creativity within our own country. I don't know what the fire is, but I just love meeting a South African because it's just, we get each other, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's something inbred from generational and I, I don't know what it is. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it crosses race and gender and, and all of that. It's just, okay. a, it's who we are. Mm, I like that part of you. And I think for me, it is a really uh, important aspect of what we're calling the feminine which is the ability to be with the truth of what is and move with that truth and then if you add on the layer of being the mother being the most powerful expression of the feminine or any power that there is when I think of like that ferocity of the mother and the protection and her ability to be like this is bullshit and there's a no here I think there's an embodiment. There's an aspect of the feminine that comes through the mother that I feel really strongly in you. And I know there's like lots of aspects to mothering. Yes. But, you know, I think you and I really resonate with this. It's like, if it comes to our children and it's a no, we're willing to stand in it. Absolutely. And I really respect that in you. And I think there's something in that that our world needs. I think it's medicine for us to be able to sit and be like, you know what? Things are getting wonky. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I'm to- not influenced. And I think you are too. It's like, I really, I follow my truth. It's in me, no matter what is going on in my life and whatever hardships and transitions, or I know myself, I really do. And I also know my truth and you know, that does come in through motherhood and we can use home birth as, you know, our shared example. It was just a very obvious, sure thing. I never had an ounce of fear going into the process and just knowing that that was right and mm-hmm. and how I was birthing my children without, oh, well, you've got, you almost 42 weeks and you've got a thyroid issue and, you know, all the noise came. But it, for me, it was very much, I knew what I wanted and- I knew how to give birth and so did my body. That's it. So how do you, you personally 
feel that kind of wisdom, that kind of power, that kind of truth? How does it come through? You know, it's a listening and it's it's an intuition. And it's why it's really important to find stillness. And so for me, it's being in nature. It's, you know, having my tea chadao practice. It's having ritual and ceremony. Um, those for me are really important pieces to who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, because they all facilitate the listening. Yes, but I was going to say, even if you took them all out, mm. everything away, if I was in a little jail room, it's mm. just tuning in. It's a like a sword, you know, warrior priestess. It's, it's in me, the fire is in me. It's in my belly. It's coming from my womb. It's, it's a knowing. It's mm-hmm. ancient wisdom. Yes. You know, I've been thinking a lot about this question because, well, we have children that we have to teach, Right. And they have a lot of competing information coming in to their system that I believe kind of disrupts the place that you're holding the sword, which is exactly how I feel it. It's like, I kind of hear it and feel it and it it just drops into my body. And it's like, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing that can take me off of it, right? Some people have it and some people don't. And so I've been really trying to make a study of like, how do we actually impart this to mm-hmm. our children? Yes. You have girls, I have boys. It doesn't really matter because things are getting really complex. Yes. And we're getting disembodied. And mm-hmm. so really working on teaching people how to know truth in her body, I think is very sacred work. It's very sacred. And having a teenager who's 15 does not want to do tea ceremony with her mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but she did for many years, right? So it's like, in there it's in there but it is there's a lot of distraction from the outer world and you know we as much as I had a home birth I don't want to be a homeschool teacher and you know Mm -hmm. we all went through that recently but it's not something you know I want to do so you're outsourcing the greatest thing which is education and Mm -hmm. with that comes stories outside stories and I think it's just staying in my lane. And even if they don't want to do tea ceremony, they know it's here. Hello, Valentino. (laughs) He comes when you're on. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's just they know who their mother is. And you you become embodied. Very much so. And holding that space. It's just they're learning just by being. Absolutely. And, And as you know, I've been you know, separated the last four years. And so for me, this time more than ever has been a time to show up for myself as who I am and accept myself and love myself, you know, and you've been a gift in um, helping me. There is so much to love of you, my dear. I think for my children now who have two different households, with different information coming in or different ways of living and opposite personalities for them to sort of float back and forth and see this as mom's world and this is dad's world. And this is what they're telling me at school. And just to keep being clear and tapping into my own source and, and spirit. Mm -hmm. I like what you're saying. It's sort of like the big tree holding the shade and the beauty and the fruit and then people can come and just be a part of that versus having to like do something with them to make them understand. So the teaching is more in the living. Yes. Yeah. And and your mom is like that too, I think. Right. She just, she, she, she is. Okay. So you did mention divorce and is that something that you're open to talking about? I'm very much in the fire as you know, but I'm absolutely open to talking about it. Okay. So, you know, and the way that I, I've I've been, you know, it's an honor to be on any woman's journey during this kind of initiation. I've been through it and many of my clients, but it's, it really is like nothing else in terms of just fracturing and having things drop away that are no longer true. And it's just like, I don't know. I felt it as if like, boulders were falling off it was just like things were just it wasn't possible to hold it because it wasn't true anymore right and it might have been true at some point so there's this massive initiation massive 
massive, <laughs> right? And and things fall away that you thought were true that made you you and that made you feel safe and secure. And it takes a very courageous woman to move through that. It doesn't have to, I mean, it's not always graceful, right? But to move through it with courage and a determination that on the other side, she will be returned to herself. Mm -hmm. 100% for my highest good. And, you know, there's a lot of different polarities and it's a very complex situation. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's been very painful and still is very painful. And I'm still going through it. Um, So I keep thinking, oh, when the closure is here, I'll be free. But we don't know. What? You can't wait on that. Yes, exactly. So as you know, I couldn't have done this without you. Um, You were just a wonderful introduction from Natalie. And I'm forever grateful because you really took my hand um, from the very beginning and have walked this very tumultuous path with me as have many other people that have shown up in my life. And it's a journey and it's a shedding, as you say, and there's a lot of thorns and um, there's a lot of beauty to it too. What's something that has surprised you about who you are that you have rediscovered or touched in the process? Something very simple is, you know, as a couple, we constantly entertained, constantly. And I realized how much I actually enjoy being alone and (laughs) (laughs) having a sanctuary and not having to go out all the time. And so I'm able to preserve my energy in a different way. Mm. And so, yeah, it's just being more of an introvert, whereas I was with an extrovert. And so I was sort of taken on this journey for for 20 years. So it's just an unraveling of what do I like? What am I saying no to? Having discriminating awareness. You Mm. know, what can I say yes to? Who can I show up for? Mm -hmm. How can I show up for myself? How can I show up for myself? Mm -hmm. Super important. That is a really important question to live through and with you're talking about the ways that you're returning to your true nature like being an introvert yeah I mean you're like a temple keeper you're supposed to be like cultivating a beautiful temple on a mountaintop you really are people I love people maybe it's an ambivert where I'm very outgoing and you know I'm fun and and I love people but I can't be with people for too long (laughs) Right. I mean, being an introvert just means that you are, you renew your energy when you're alone. Yes, absolutely. So if you go to a party and you're, you leave, you're probably tired, not energized. Yes. And I yeah. need to be charged till 1am in a bath and, you know, <laughs> having multiple cups of tea, I need to come down. So mm-hmm. I don't feel full up. I feel a little bit depleted mm-hmm. and, you know, that's when I'll go wash in the ocean the next day and, mm-hmm. I love to take these, I live by the ocean. So I take these plunges, you know, Mm -hmm. for me, you know, talking about the pain of the divorce, I've never chosen to take depression pills, you know, for me, it's jumping in the ocean. That's how I've received sort of a a soul healing and it's a wake up being in the cold. So for me, I have a deep connection to, to water. And that was a, is that a practice that you restarted during the divorce process or is that something that you've always done? You know, I hate to use the the COVID time, but it's since COVID time, my mom came to visit me for a month after I was newly separated and ended up getting locked down here for 10 months, which was biggest blessing in the world and probably will never happen again. That was so good. You know, I guess it was the isolation and having access to the ocean and we just started going in every day I've kept it up not every day but you know I have this sort of reciprocity relationship with the sea and the mm. ocean you've always lived by the well I guess when you lived in London and some yeah. of that yeah well I just want to say for the people who are hearing this this is the Pacific Ocean in a bathing suit this <laughs> is like not sometimes not in a bathing suit oh, yeah sometimes not a bathing suit this is not a wetsuit this is not hawaii this is going into the freezing cold right so there's there's the therapy of what happens to our neurotransmitters from that but it's just it's a beautiful ritual mm-hmm. and 
I do think of when I think of you, I do think of all the photos I've seen of you doing your dips and I'm sure it's helped you through the divorce process to keep your rituals in place. I think you are really good at ritual. Mm -hmm. So we're having a feminine conversation. So we get to jump all around. So we're going to move from divorce. And I hear you. I heard what you said about really returning to the self, remembering who you are in the middle of the fire while it's burning away and all the difficult stuff that is coming, but you're, you're getting to the end. Please God. (laughs) I hope so. We're going to like, we're going to put that out there. And so there's going to be a moment where this isn't going to take up as much of your space. And we're going to get to see, like you've been in a cocoon almost, right? With the things falling away. And then you're going to come forward with something beautiful. And our most potent work comes from the pain and the, the fire that we walk through and forge. And we can bring that into the world, right? And I know that you're going to do something beautiful. I just, I know, and I've always known. And I think this ritual is something that is so innate to you. Mm-hmm. Like when you sent me your the topics and different things, I was like, just let's talk about ritual and what you do in your life as a sacred woman. Mm-hmm. Because I think like people like you and I can show up here and this looks beautiful. You look beautiful. There is so much that goes into a moment like this. Mm-hmm where we're here and present and connected and have beautiful things and our children are healthy and cared for. And, you know, we have these beautiful homes and there's so much support that goes into a moment like this. I think it would be really nice if you could share some of the things that you do to support your life. You know, when you talk about ritual and it it brings up for me, when I was traveling in India many years ago, um, I don't know if you've heard of Rangolis, uh, R-A-N-G-O-L-I, and it's women, mothers, every day outside their front door, they have this beautiful sacred offering made with rice powder, and it's all different shapes and flowers and you know, there's some color, sometimes it's just white, the rice flour, sometimes it's crushed chalk, sometimes it's crushed flowers, and it's welcoming the Hindu goddesses or gods, and Lakshmi is one of them, and bringing joy into the home. So if I could take it further, I would be doing that every single day outside my mm-hmm. doorstep. You know, every day it's swept away, sweeping away the old, and then Every day is a fresh rangoli right outside. Wait, it's something that they create? Yes. Like a, like a mandala or something? Yes. Hmm. Um, they call it rangoli and you can Google it and it's all these beautiful patterns and it's so simple. You have your home and you just have a fresh rangoli. It's certain parts of India, Hindu, hmm. and it's the most beautiful offering every single day outside your front door. It's the first thing they do. And then it'll be washed away at the end of the day. And I guess that is an offering to the goddesses or gods, but it's, as I said, bringing in the joy and um, prosperity to to the home, no matter how simple the home is. So that's what I would like to, how I'd like to be caretaking my my home every day. For me, ritual stems from Ayurvedic practices. So morning dinacharya. And so... It's starting, you know, with waking up, brushing your teeth, scraping the tongue uh, with copper, and then oil pulling for 10 minutes. So I do this as I come up, and then I'll have my lemon water, and then I need my caffeine. (laughs) (laughs) We don't want to be too pure. So chocolate the lattes every day. And I, to me, that's where my offering starts. And Again, it's to myself, but it's how I bring beauty. I don't just throw matcha in. I no, you don't. Douse it with maca and bee pollen and crushed mm. rose and butterfly powder and you know mm. some petals on the top. So visually, it's stunning, and that's for me. I'm not presenting it. I'm not putting it to put on Instagram. It's it's for myself, and it's an honoring. Um, and it's reverence. And so that's how I start my sort of morning ritual. And then I put on mantras, morning mantras, and then it's a shit show. 
<laughs> I'm doing kids breakfast and <laughs> lunches and we're screaming at each other. So that's where the, the African comes in, you know, it's not all <laughs> Zen. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> that's real. What you just said is real life. Like the kind of spirituality that I like is the real. It's real. It's very real. No one's fit the cat and you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you uh, do, but you take a moment. I take a moment and that's yeah. and that's every day. And so then there's usually a lot of carpools and all of that. So this dunking doesn't happen when I have my children. Okay. Um, on my off week and which for me I love motherhood so much but it's also taxing being single mother and that's something is another whole topic of conversation yeah let's do that being a single mom in America without a village yeah okay so that's next let's finish the ritual and then let's go there because we can talk about this yeah Mm -hmm. um so that's sort of the start of my ritual Um, I do have a tea ceremony practice and, you know, that's another conversation, but, you know, I have, are you doing, and you have tea all day? Well, I don't sit here in my temple all day as much as I would like to, but, but when you're sitting, when I'm home, when I'm on a Zoom, absolutely. No matter what, if I'm talking to a lawyer, if I'm talking to you, if I'm talking to, yeah, I have my tea, but you know, that's casualty. If I'm in ceremony, there shouldn't be distractions. There shouldn't be a computer or Mm -hmm. it's, Mm -hmm. I drink tea as, as a companion, but I also have tea and ceremony, which is meditation and I'm quiet. Um, Are you, is that a daily thing for you or is that more of a community? It's a daily thing for me. Okay. Okay. I do have some tea sisters and uh, we we used to meet once a week very regularly. Um, and tea has shown up for me. That's something else that's shown up. Um, even though I drank tea pre my separation, it really became my greatest teacher during my separation. I cried every day into the bowl, you know. Mm. And tea has been the greatest teacher for me. And mm. um, it's very sensitive and is hundreds of year old. You know, it's it's from the living mother plant so so beautiful non-hallucinogenic I'm completely sober other than my tea and my chocolate you know it's not a people think oh am I gonna hallucinate no it's it's tea (laughs) is it is it it, are you doing that in a certain tradition yes okay can you tell us a little bit about how you came to the tea and just a little bit about how it expresses because I think this is a topic that we haven't had on Magnolia leadership yet. And also maybe how it does put us, you know, into the feminine, into the sacred aspect of life. I'm just tuning in. And for me, it's really about, you know, listening, the simplicity, cultivating love, creating intimacy. You know, they always say the best tea is made with a loving heart. So for Mm -hmm. me, when I drink tea, we have all these stories or we have these emotions or we have this anger. And if I go into a tea sit, it sort of just falls away. Mm. Um, and it's also, you know, it's a, it's a combination with the art of being present, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was just, I was thinking, cause I had this book here, right, right next to me. Um, I might read it quickly. It's by Pema Chodron. It's living beautifully. I'm going off topic, but oh, go for it. We can we can do multiple topics, multiple <laughs> timelines. I just you know I wanted to yeah. pop a little bit with the tea, and tea. you you and I share a love of words, poetry, and inspiration. So yes, please. This was short, but it was saying because I am in transition. You know, I have a career, I have a history, I have a past history, and there's a change. And I, I would say my anxiety comes up. What's happening? What's my future? You know, yeah. what am I going to do? Where am I going? So I love this. It says, living is a form of not being sure, not knowing what next or how. The moment you know how, you begin to die a little. The artist never entirely knows. We guess we may be wrong, but we take leap after leap in the dark. Mm-hmm. That's by Agnes. DeMille. That's really beautiful. There's another piece you were going to read too, right? Yes, it was 
I want to, I want to say something about the piece you just read. I think my version of that is being willing to just live in the question, Mm -hmm. whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever question your soul is working with. Yes. It's just like, all right, I'm living through this and I'm trying to stay open Mm -hmm. to how that question wants to express and be not answered, but be, be worked with. Mm -hmm. And the minute I think I have it and that structure comes in, it somehow it's like the death, right? It just limits it. So it's one thing for us to say it. It's another thing to sit on the spot that you're on and practice it, mm-hmm. which is <laughs> what is the future? And, and we all have that to some degree, but I, I think that you're like on your map, you're on a particular spot. Yeah. Right. Where you're having to cultivate. And I've watched you struggle and do it beautifully both this like very deep trust mm-hmm. in life, right? Because you don't have an answer yet and you've been in this place and there's, that is spiritual practice. That's it. Mm-hmm. And sitting there, despite the anxiety, despite the depression, despite the, not just you, but all of us, right? Sitting in these difficult places and just being willing to feel. Yes. And you are, you're a feeler. Yeah. I feel I'm not numbing it out. (laughs) No. And that's a gift that our world doesn't celebrate always. Right. But that is, you know, when we're talking about the sacred feminine, the sacred feminine asks us to be with what is and to trust in this deep life that we're living. And so here you are on the spot. When you talk about numbing, um, because seven years ago, I released alcohol from my life and for no reason. I, you know, never had more than two drinks. I didn't have a problem with alcohol, except I got severe hangovers. Mm. So my messaging kept coming in. I don't feel good. I don't feel good. You know, and it would be an eight hour hangover with a four-year-old. And that is the most brutal experience <laughs> ever. And maybe like times, you know, more than most, because it turns out I had the MHTR gene, which... Oh harder to methylate so mm-hmm. it made a lot of sense and so but I was also you know in partnership with an extrovert and while we were always entertaining so there was constantly alcohol around so for me you know speaking about the shedding that to me has been my greatest gift um, is like releasing that from my life because I didn't need it you know I'm still the same person I'm just as fun um, but I wake up awake, you know, yes. sober, sober, sobriety across the board. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that that's interesting because to sit on the spot and just be with the, all the emotions and all these sensations in the body that come up around, like not knowing it requires a commitment and it requires sobriety. And I, I mean, on every level, right. So I I'm also not an alcohol consuming human and not as many years as you, but same. I was like, what am I doing? I'm spending all this effort healing and being healthy and working on my, you know, presence and practices. And then I'm in buying everything organic and, you know, and then I'm putting poison in my body. It just, there was a moment where it didn't make sense. Yes. And it's just such an amazing experience to go through because for me, I think there was a little more to it. I wasn't just having one or two drinks. Sometimes I would have many or I felt like I needed it after a busy day or whatever, but peeling that layer off, it just lets you see like, here's what's really going on. Absolutely. And then, you know, there's other ways to climb the wall. There's other ways to try to crawl out of that spot, right? For me, it was a very easy thing to release and I don't miss it. I don't crave it. I don't need it. But I know that there are other people that really struggle. So I, I feel, mm-hmm. you know, I have other addictions like chocolate, as you said, <laughs> and I have it every day mm-hmm. and, you know, one or two slabs and I, it works for me, <laughs> but try to take it away from me. Yeah. you going to really beat the demons. <laughs> I mean, we all um, have it. I've noticed the other day I was like eating really healthy things, but a lot of it. Yeah. Right. I'm like, oh, something's going. I don't, there's something I don't want to feel right now. So let me just stop doing this and just sit and feel the thing. 
so that I can at least be sober with my life, right? It's a, it's the complete opposite of what our culture teaches us to do, which is buy more, consume more, be more, do more. That completely takes us away from feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear you on the sobriety piece being really important. And, and it's not, we're not saying everybody has to, but there's a moment. I remember having my teeth cleaned and I, I felt almost embarrassed because I was giving it up and I was talking to this amazing spiritual, I don't know if you know, Dr. Susan Hahn, but oh yeah, I was like, how do I tell people? Because, you know, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not perfect. She just said, tell them you're a meditator. And I love that um, answer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know I've been an example to at least three friends and they're very grateful. I feel like um, there's a few topics that we still might want to touch on yeah I wanted to read that piece on you know it came from an Ayurvedic teacher this morning about how we all born with this you know we're talking about this essence yes and I wanted to share something about women uh, in Africa please take it away that was the meeting I think I wanted to discuss and it was I thought it was really beautiful and then I'll share about the song at the end so Love it. Great. When a woman in the African tribe Himba knows she is pregnant, she goes out into the wilderness with a few friends and together they meditate until they hear the song of the child. They recognize that every soul has its own vibration that expresses its unique purpose. The women then attune to the song and sing it out loud. They return to the tribe and teach it to everyone else. When the child is born, the community gathers and sings the child's song. Later, when the child enters education, the village gathers and chants the child's song. When the child passes through the initiation to adulthood, the people again come together and sing. At the time of marriage, the song is sung. Finally, when the soul is about to pass from this world, the family and friends gather at the person's bed, just as they did at their birth. And they sing the person to the next life. So I guess this was all about how we were, you know, we born with a unique essence and the soul signature and that song carries across time and breathes life into our very human nature. Mm. It's often the connection to our original nature gets disrupted, right? So mm-hmm. that's life and, and our surroundings and, so that was just something very special. That how is it? What does that touch in you? Like when you when you read that, what what happens for you? For me, it was just talking about connecting to the sacred, the the sacred feminine, and it's just knowing that we we each have our own blueprint. You know, we really do. We have our own authentic blueprint. And as I go through this fire and question who I am or I'm not good enough. I know that I've been put on this earth for a specific reason, whether it's to create beauty or a beautiful matcha or to my background is design and staging and editing people's homes. And that comes really easily for me. I don't need a degree. I don't need to study. It's in me. You know, mm-hmm. I know how to edit. Mm. I know how to bring beauty. I, I cannot be trained. It's in my sleep. It's in my, it's in me. So for this, it's, it's that it's, it's the song. It's, mm. it's just, so if you're talking, I think, and I, we didn't even get into beauty, but that is your signature because everything you do has that everything, like literally everything, right. That, that is in you. It, it just, no, <laughs> I mean, I've never had, every time you show up, there's something beautiful that comes with you. Oh, thank you. And, and you take the time to curate it. And just like what you, there's Poppy. Um, what you said about creating your morning beverage and like really making it beautiful and how you serve your tea and your beautiful home that you live in and the way you adorn yourself and the way you interact with your friends and your communities. I think beauty is really, it is one of your soul's codes. So we're living in a world and at least in my work where I see these prescribed paths and I don't think you and I have, I mean, I followed it for a while and almost died. So I got off that path, but the prescribed path puts layers over the song. 
right? Mm. It's like people get really far away from their song. Yes. And so a lot of the spiritual work and also I think the work of like healing the earth and and healing the people is taking off all those layers. Absolutely. That keep us from really knowing who we are and walking in the world. And, you know, we can get into why that is. I mean, I, I'm not really a conspiracy person, but I think there's a lot of deliberate programming that we have to be courageous enough to like pull away and walk a different path in order to, you know, hear our song. There is a split right now. So, and so it's even more important to hold. I really like that vision of everyone has a song and the community holds it for us when we forget. Absolutely. And so Laura Plum, who is this Ayurvedic person, we also have a birth star if you go into, you know, mm-hmm. it, into the charts. And yes, I know it, mine. It's your nashatra and he has little poppies decided to be on the dining table there. <laughs> we, and we so we do have our own song and we have our unique star. And yes. Do you know what your star is? Well, she she's gonna tell me all about mine okay yeah and is that gonna be from a certain that's not western astrology that's okay Vedic. okay um, I, mean, I i know mine from western astrology yes it's serious the star serious so I've, I've had some readings around it it's pretty interesting to understand like we have a particular connection with the cosmos yes. yeah mm-hmm. i have mine i just need to I need to revisit. And, you know, for me, that's been a whole awakening because you, you know, you know me as a Sag and I know myself as a Sag and you probably see me as a Sagittarian and other parts and, you know, my Western astrology, but then it moves. Um, yeah. I go to, to Scorpio in, in Vedic. So it's brought up, you know, a mix and. Oh, I see your Scorpio nature too. <laughs> so does my mother. <laughs> You're deeply transformative. Mm-hmm. so that you know that actually is in there I mean we all we have all the signs in us yes um, okay so you are using this is what I understand about you the initiation that you're in to return to your song yes that's where you are beautiful and that's like that's what initiation does and there's going to be more right mm-hmm. there's going to be more initiations there's not just one I mean we go through those of, you know, I'm almost done bleeding, but every month we are biologically going through an initiation. Yes. Right. We, as women, it's, it's pretty amazing when you think about it, we're constantly changing and going through these initiations on so many levels. It's like in our physical body, in our menstrual cycles, in the seasons that we live in and our relationship to the cosmos. And then these major events in life, to me, it's like first menses, First time we have sex, you know, getting married, birthing children, birth, absolutely, starting perimenopause. Yes, yes. That word beauty. I'm trying to grow into my wisdom gracefully and naturally, you know. And beauty is a very complex thing with teens and and our society, you know. Mm-hmm. And- mm-hmm. When you say grow gracefully and naturally, you mean like no Botox? As my mom says, never say, never say, never. I know. For me, I'm pretty sure on that. It was just an example. You know, I am too. So look, I'm I'm pretty happy with. I'm not always happy, but I'm I'm owning it, and I just feel you know botulism is a toxin, and I'm not going to go put in my third eye. But then I have amazing spiritual friends who look so great, and I'm just like, oh, you look so good. I know. (laughs) I'm I'm a very sensitive being, and I I don't think it would work for me. So, Mm -hmm. but that's not to say I'm not going to have a facial and, you know, slather myself in oils and Mm -hmm. we we talk about anointment and and beauty. So I find beauty, let's see, I made this Aqua de Florida and Mm. for me, I like to connect with redwood oil, you know, Mm. I can smell, smell the redwoods and Mm. frankincense. And so for me, that's beauty. You know, it's, you know, I mean, the anointing is an ancient priestess art. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Something there that like, let's, let's work with that mm-hmm. magic. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay. is there anything, we didn't get into the single mothering, but maybe we'll save that for another conversation. 
you and I share that experience. Yes, the complex single mothering yeah of village. I think yeah, we we all know the answer to that. It's it's harder than you think and it's a process and there are highs and lows and it's not what I wanted and I'm stuck with that I have to turn it into a gift or show resilience and also try and be an example to my girls, you know, who are loved by both parents. I would prefer to be parenting with a partner, not sort Mm -hmm. of parallel parenting. So Mm -hmm. it all depends on your dynamic, you know? Right. Right. And I know like for you also, well, and me too, just being without family. Yes. It's very hard for me Mm -hmm. uh, not having had no family and you know they say oh your friends are your family they are but people have busy different that's different different Mm -hmm. is there anything stirring in you or anything that you want to touch on as we conclude any sort of I know we could do this all day I know it's well we could talk about staging and career and yeah I love the work of young Puebla Leiter Yes. Part of my work with you is picking a new path that lights me up. So Mm -hmm. I I love this opening. So I'd love to share it with everyone. It says, pick the path that lights you up. The one you know deep down is the right choice. Stop listening to doubt. Start connecting with courage. Do not let the idea of normal get in the way. It may not be the easy path, but you know great things take effort. Lean into your determination, lean into your mission, lean into the real you. And so what I love about that is you've always told me, Trey, there's not one way to parent. There's not one way to show up in this world. There's not one way to be successful in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, so so what's something that's lighting you up right now? We heard like the tea and the ceremony and beauty is there anything else right now that kind of has your attention in terms of how you might express in the world I think there's a lot to it but for me it's Mm -hmm. about connection Mm -hmm. and vulnerability and you know having this allegiance with nature and getting out there every day so Mm -hmm. Mm. in addition to the beauty and the anointing and the ceremony and being a mother and getting divorced and you know all of that. Um, well, it's a full, full, full plate. So, and it's out, al- you're alchemizing it. It's a lot of alchemy. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm about to go through a lot of change, a uh, move of a home. And, you know, there's a lot, my sort of castles crumbling and, you know. Okay, so what would you share or say to other women? Cause you know, I appreciate your willingness to have a conversation mm-hmm. from a place of not having all the answers because it's more true for most of us that this is where we live. Yes. Especially for people who are on a spiritual path and who are engaged in transformation. This is the, this is the reality. It's not always known and just being willing to show up. And that's one of the reasons I created this podcast. This is not for me. This came to me in a ceremony. I was asked by the energy that I steward to provide a place for women's voices and it's been very deliberate who wants to be here and who needs to be there right and it's we all have something important to say well when you asked me I said to Pearl I was like I think there's a mistake you know I'm not the only woman and this is why we're doing this I was like I think I think there's a mistake here like my life couldn't be more crazy and wild right now this is I think it's like a mass email that went out no it wasn't and you know as you know I was reluctant to talk because I am in the middle and I, there is no completion to what I'm going through and I'm very much in the rough and the red in, in it and I've come from this you know 20 year marriage togetherness Mm-hmm. having a full business with my partner staging interior design and then it dissolving you know and me the gift for me is starting from nothing what is that nothing what is that going to be is it going to be my old industry staging interior design is it going to be tapping into beauty in a different way 
um, which is probably going to happen. I hope so. I hope so. And so I'm still birthing something and I'm not sure what it is and it's coming through, but you know, it's a check back in sort of thing. And I think this is like a really important process to honor, mm -hmm. right? And you're allowing it to happen rather than forcing something into the world. You're not extracting from yourself. You're saying like, I don't have the answer. I don't know what it is. I know it's something. Beauty will come. The baby will be born. Yes. But I'm not, I mean, I, I respect your honoring of your energy that right now is not a time when you can birth a new business. Mm -hmm. And I think that needs to be okay. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And talk about sacred feminine. That is an expression, right? Where you're just like, okay, there's something I know that will come from this. Absolutely. Going to, I know it's going to be amazing, right? I know it, but I'm not forcing it from a place of depletion because, and this is one of the things that we're learning with Magnolia Leadership. It's like what you bring to the creation is woven into the creation. Absolutely. So if we're, if we want to create sustainable, beautiful businesses, we can't do it from force and depletion and exhaustion on the heels of, you know, these big life events. And we're also different and can take, I can take a lot and I can take a lot of pain and I can, I can really get to the bottom. I do have that grit in me. And I always say yes. that's my African fire, but you know, for me, parenting solo is hard and I have so much to give to, to the world, but I also have a lot to give to my children. And I have friends who love chaos. They want four kids. They want three dogs and they can have a business. Mm -hmm. And for me, I can't. So it's like, I'm almost, although I'm bringing this beauty in this career and, you know, there's, I'm also parenting mm -hmm. and I don't want to just shelve that. Mm -hmm. as a timeline and mm -hmm. we can do it all and we have to do it all but it's also okay to be a mother you know and it's oh it's the it's I mean you know how I feel about mothering it's the most important job on the planet it is period the most important and the hardest true and also the least supported and the least respected and so we, and that's, that is another reason this podcast is here. It's like, we have to begin as women to use our voices, to show up authentically and say like, this is what it's really like to walk as a sacred woman, right? We're trying to do all this stuff and we need support. We need to learn how to receive. We need to learn how to be open. We need to learn how to allow. We need to, you know, work with restoring masculinity to a place where it can also be supported. I mean, we're doing this because it's about sacred union and healing the world. And a word you've used with me is to be resourced. Yes. It's not financially, it's mm -hmm. energetically too. You're getting there. <laughs> Thank you. All right. I love you. This has been fun. Thank you. For Ancient voices. That's it for this episode of Magnolia Leadership Podcast. Having you here is such a blessing. As a Magnolia woman, we are leading from our deep aligned power to bring our full bloom to ourselves and our gifts to the world. If you're inspired by this podcast, I invite you to share it with someone or leave a review. Sign up for our newsletter or one of Magnolia Leadership's upcoming in-person or online offerings at magnolialeadershipco.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, so much love to you.